Today's Market Foolery is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Everything's customizable these days. Your trading platform can be too. With Thinkorswim, you can customize screeners, charting, stock forecasts, and so much more. So the market is always tailored to you. You can get started at tdameritrade.com/thinkorswim. It's Thursday, March fifth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me in studio, Mr. Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We've got earnings. We've got the latest on the breakfast wars. Let's start with Zoom Video. Fourth quarter revenue for Zoom Video grew 78%. One of those interesting stock moves, because initially, the reaction on Wall Street was, well, that was good. We were looking for a little more. And I realized the stock has had a run up, but um, Zoom video was down at the open. It's bounced back up. It's up about 7% so far. It is at the moment, yeah. But uh, wait, wait a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you're not closing the books on that, are you? Right. No, we still have several hours to the trading day. Yeah. Uh, that was a great quarter. And it's not only been uh, another great quarter for Zoom, which is in what now more likely appears to be the the early part or the middle part of a, a great growth story uh, but you know it has it, it's it's doing well uh, at this very moment in time uh, which distinguishes it from a number of, of other companies and and is not going to be one of the companies uh, reporting hey you know this is how we did last quarter but we need to temper expectations for the future just the opposite for zoom just the opposite, and um, similar to what uh, Jason Moser and I were talking about the other day with Teladoc. You know, this is Eric Yuan, the CEO at Zoom Video, um, being very, very measured, um, and not saying uh, something like, "Boy, this coronavirus! Holy cow, is this good for our business?" He would never say that. You would not want him to say that. But holy cow, is this is this whole situation like? He wouldn't say that, but you're theoretically putting those words into his head. You don't think you don't think he's had those words I'm just in his acute, head. I'm just I'm just saying that he's a smart guy. You're, you're he's absolutely you're, had those words you're, in his head. He's also smart enough not to say them out loud on a conference call. Well, if we got him on on uh, online right now, we say, "Hey, have you been thinking that?" Then he would he would be smart enough to say, "No, of course not." Right. We're measuring. We're we're managing our business for the long term, and so uh, I think what they are getting is a lot of people signing up for free trials right now, which ultimately have a good chance of being upgraded into part of the more. Uh, expensive parts of the system, uh, the paying and and uh, subscription part, and I think that a lot of businesses are being forced to try either Zoom or products like Zoom, the the competition and Cisco Cisco, uh, Cisco Systems has a competing video platform, right? Yeah. Did we used to use that? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we used to use and it. And it went so well that we switched to Zoom we Video. We use Zoom. Uh, and, and so, I think a number of places are going to find, uh, just as one of the dangers for uh, airlines right now is not just that they're losing current, uh, current trips, but as businesses find, oh, we can do many things just as well uh, over Zoom as as sending people around, and in fact, uh, it's a lot cheaper. Uh, that is what I think 
uh, people buying Zoom stock today are thinking, because it's it's certainly not cheap on almost any metric that you would come up with. Not on traditional valuations, no. But I'm glad you mentioned the airlines because you know, for all the talk we've had about the cruise lines and those stocks, in some cases, you know, down 40 percent or more, um, the airline stocks are getting hit today. And I think that I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of businesses are. Including ours are saying we're going to stop the travel for now, and then we're going to reevaluate. And I think a lot of them are going to, when they reevaluate, when we are clear of this crisis, whether it's later in 2020 or into 2021, my hunch is that um, a good chunk of businesses are not going to return to whatever levels they were at before in terms of air travel. Yeah, and I think that uh, in in future generations will be explaining. Oh, yeah, we had these technologies to do teleconferencing, business uh, meetings all the time, uh, but we were kind of used to getting on a plane, and going, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, the, the personal thing, the contact, and which all of which is true to a degree, uh, and the the degree may not be sufficient to justify. As much of that expense as uh, most businesses are are just attuned to uh, putting into the budget and therefore spending, and and now uh, if this, if there's a prolonged trial and things go well from the perspective of getting those kinds of businesses those meetings done and and saving money, then I think you may reset some budgets out there. To uh, the detriment of airlines and to the benefit of Zoom and other, you know, other competitors. Earlier, when you referenced uh, companies that are cautious with their guidance, uh, that brings us to Burlington Stores because uh, Burlington Stores they wrapped up the fiscal year in a rock solid way. Fourth quarter profits came in higher than expected, but their guidance for 2020 was somewhat cautious. Um, it's, fourth quarter was really good, though. Fourth quarter was really good. Year was good. Uh, the past years have been good. This is a really, I think, under the radar uh, superlative uh, stock, and has been since uh, coming back onto the public markets uh, about, I want to say, five six years ago, something like that. Yeah, and uh, just. Up today in a tough day to have your stock go up, or at least as as we talk right now, things may be different by the time you listen to this. But uh, up three percent, uh, the market is not, and it's because it, it had I think what was it its twentieth uh, consecutive quarter in a row of, of positive comps, and they're they are opening stores. They're not getting um, destroyed by being in malls. They're mostly not so. Uh, they've got a business model which is not nearly as susceptible uh, both to the mall traffic problem and to online competition as uh, most of uh, the other retailers are. Uh, Burlington Stores is maybe the best example of how discount retailing can work. Um, you mentioned the comps. Yeah, same store sales in the fourth quarter were up nearly four percent. Um, that's that's particularly strong when you consider for them it's the holiday quarter and just all of the competition uh, from retailers of every stripe. So to put up nearly four percent comps in in Q4, I thought was was pretty great. And um, and yeah, one more way that I think this is a smart business is they're not crazy with their overall store footprint. 
Um, so you know, it's not, it's they're making this work, but they're not then going out and saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to ramp up our store count by twenty percent." No, but they are increasing their store count slowly in a measured way. Uh, their margins are are holding up. They have uh, part of their press release noted that they had decreased inventory by twenty percent total inventory. Uh, which shows the speed with which things go in and out of their stores, as compared to most other retailers. Uh, they're just turning over merchandise much faster, much more efficiently. They have a better distribution center network than most uh, retail stores, and they are, by being in the sort of the discount space, they are used to working on narrower margins, which are less susceptible to online competition. Uh, which has to deal with more shipping costs than than Burlington does. So they 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 are not being priced out of business. Uh, uh, on the flip side, American Eagles uh, fourth quarter. Well, I I don't want to ding them too bad. I mean, it was it was the fourth quarter for American Eagle closed out in terms of overall sales a record year for the company, um, and yet it's it's a reminder that. Fashion apparel is just such a tough business, and from an investing standpoint, I think it's one of the least attractive. Um, not that there aren't periods of time when American Eagle, or for that matter, um, you know, other Abercrombie and Fitch uh, and others of this category, they've had short stretches of time when you were thrilled to own the stock. But it's just that it's short stretches of time. These are not businesses that you can look at and say, "Oh, I'm just going to set it and forget it." American Eagle. I just want to own this thing for the next ten years. No, and in fact, if you had owned it for the last ten years, uh, your annual returns would have been one percent. So you would have trailed. <laughs> You're making money. <laughs> trailed the market by by about twelve percent a year. Uh, Fifteen years, your returns would have been less than one percent annually. So. I like you uh, when reading the, the this uh, report and looking at the numbers. Really, was reminded more than anything else of the the last lines of the Great Gatsby. I've never read the Great Gatsby, so enlighten me. Well, <laughs> nor have I seen any of the movie versions of oh, the really? Great Gatsby. Yeah. Because you see everything. No, I don't. And you love uh, DiCaprio. Well, I mean, he's an American treasure. Of yeah. course, we all love DiCaprio. Come on. So, so I would have thought you would have seen it two or three times by now. No, no. no. Just because I love DiCaprio, as all right-thinking people do, doesn't mean I see everything he does. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I could I could quote the lines of Gatsby, not off the top of my head, but I could read them, which would make for boring radio. But it, it uh, refers to the 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 last line, the very last line, and the line before that. Uh, but the last line is, so we beat on boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. And it's about thinking that the future is going to be brighter uh, and, and constantly being reminded that uh, it is not and, and will not be. Uh, and, and so. Well, thank you, Mr. Happy. That, well, that is for American Eagle. I mean, this is, as we pointed out, there have been essentially no returns over the last 15 years for owning the stock. Uh, and they are not making any more money uh, than they were 15 years ago. Sales move up a little bit. 
but they are the margins keep eroding because of the competition that we discussed. Uh, the retailers are up against both, uh, you know, not getting the mall traffic that they need and not really uh, able to compete effectively against the online crowd. Something goes right. Uh, in the case of American Eagle right now, that's uh, eerie. Uh, but uh, that was up 26% uh, in sales over the quarter. But that's not the majority of the business. The main business, American Eagle Outfitters, is uh, you know lost 3% over the quarter. So uh, yeah, there's a little bit of hope. That the decline of the strength of Victoria's Secret has uh, given an opportunity for Aerie to to expand and to grow. But it you know. That's as much as is going right. Everything else is going wrong, and the net outcome is the future uh, continues. Although they they point out, oh, you know, the restructuring is going well. Uh, the bottom line keeps sticking around right where it's been for about 15 years. And the the restructuring may in fact be going well. It's just not showing up in the results. And there'll be another restructuring again. You know, if you just ignore the significant costs of restructuring, then our profits are about what they were last year. Please agree with us to ignore those costs, and then we're not really going backwards. Well, that's that's a lot of ifs. That's the great thing about investing. Every individual investor gets to decide whether or not they want to agree with management and ignore input costs. Yeah, I mean, I think F. Scott Fitzgerald nailed this one about a hundred years ago, and they're still they're still looking for that green light. You think it's a had, mirage, man? You think it's a mirage? You think he had American Eagle Outfitters in mind when he wrote that? More or less, it was the American dream. It's American Eagle. I mean, they're they're playing off the American dream pretty. Pretty uh, obviously, there, right? I guess With the eagle iconography. Yeah, come I, on. I mean, a little bit more recently, it's it's the line from uh, Hunter S. Thompson. You know, that's where the wave broke and rolled back. I need to read some more. I, I, I it's been too long, too oh, long yeah. since I've read any Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, really? I mean, I I read it all back when I was you know, teens and twenties, like everybody does. But here's my recommendation. Um, read Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, which he wrote about the 1972 presidential campaign. Um, and the reason you should read it is because, holy cow, does it hold up in terms of he's writing about politics, presidential politics in real time in 1972, and the parallels to every presidential election. Uh, not all of them across the board, um, but there are a bunch that really hold up. So that's of, of all the things that he wrote. But if you're looking for something shorter, something you can knock out in 20 minutes or so, um, the Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved, which is a long-form article he wrote for a, a sporting magazine which no longer exists. But he wrote it about the Kentucky Derby, and um, that's. That was actually the for me. That was the gateway drug of Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> really? that, was the fir- that was the first thing of his that I read, with... and I thought, "Holy cow! What else has this guy written?" Didn't didn't start out with Fear and Loathing in I Las didn't... Vegas. No. I now didn't. there's something that they could redo for like a Netflix uh, series instead of a movie. Don't you think? Um, yeah, I would think there are a bunch of things of his that you could redo since the the movie adaptations largely haven't worked. No. No, and I think that the CGI is better now too, which would serve the Stedman, uh, you know, drawings better. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
We take a break from uh, Literary Daily uh, to say a quick thanks to TD Ameritrade. Do you wish you had a second opinion before placing a trade? Come on, of course you do. With a strategy gut check from TD Ameritrade's trade desk, you'll get a second set of eyes on your trade idea to help you make decisions with more confidence. Their team of experts are available to help you weigh the risks and potential rewards so you understand the ins and outs of your trade. To learn more how they can help you, contact the Trade Desk at tdameritrade.com slash tradedesk, TD Ameritrade, where smart investors get smarter. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Great email from Cordell Zelensky, who writes, Love the show. One of the best parts of my day. Thank you, Cordell. Appreciate it. I did some boots on the ground research of Wendy's new breakfast. And I'll just add parenthetically, a bunch of people have written in about Wendy's new breakfast, saying essentially, Are you going to talk about this? So here we are. Uh, he writes, Sacrificing my daily caloric intake twice. On Tuesday, I had the maple chicken bacon croissant. On Wednesday, I had the breakfast baconator. I wasn't a huge fan of the syrup used in the former, but the chicken and bacon was impeccable. Regarding the latter, the mayo was too much for 8 a.m., and it was the size of a burger, not a biscuit, but the bun was good. Overall, it's comparable to other fast food breakfast offerings. The best part was not the sandwiches, but the seasoned potatoes and the frosty chino. They definitely underplayed these. If you had to make an investment choice based only on the taste of fast food breakfast, which company do you go with? I love this question. I'll also point out that um, it's interesting to me that he played up the um, the coffee beverage there, the Frosty Chino, and it'll be interesting to see the to what extent Wendy's new push into breakfast in this way. Uh, affects their earnings, but one of the big drivers for McDonald's for years was their coffee, and and not just the coffee, which is good coffee, um, but the the coffee drinks. Yeah, uh, and what what are we going with here? The the relative coffees, or which company we would bet on? No, based I, solely on the breakfast, the taste of breakfast, the taste of the of the fast food breakfast. What are you going with? And for me, it's McDonald's. Because and you know I I also like that Cordell was sacrificing his daily caloric intake because if you're going to do fast food breakfast you are absolutely saying well <laughs> I'm going to knock out most of my daily caloric intake with this one meal here well I think if you're going strictly by taste of fast food breakfast you still gotta you still gotta go with Dunkin' to win um, okay because you can do that the the sugar to rest of the food. Uh, ratio is higher at, at Duncan. That's true. I, he's Therefore, it wins the taste contest. If we're excluding all other considerations, and they've got the new bacon thing going, it's just here. Here's bacon. Here's a bag. Of we're bacon. not. We're not messing around. With like, oh, it's not like bacon sprinkled on your donuts. No, it's a bag of bacon. So, I mean, if there's one thing that tastes better than sugar, it's bacon. That's true, and I could see you sort of mixing. You you go in, you say, "I'll have the bag of bacon. I'll have a, a couple of maple donuts. I'll go from there." But no, I mean, that's you, and that's fine. Like you're you're buying shares of Dunkin' on that. For me, it's McDonald's. I'm I'm representing right thinking people here. <laughs> Who are you representing? Uh, I'm just representing my taste buds because that was the question. Well, I, so I'm a big fan of the McDonald's hash browns, which um, are great, and they are leaning heavily on salt. 
one of the great competitors to sugar yes. when you get down to taste. Uh, so, I mean, uh, McDonald's takes a backseat to no one in its use of salt. I think it? that's true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, true. Morton's maybe. Right. I mean, it, <laughs> not the steakhouse. You mean like the, the, actual, the actual, the actual shaker of salt? Yeah. 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 No, they're they're they're. They're in the front seat. They're in the front seat. They're driving the bus. That's that's where McDonald's is getting their salt, probably. And Wendy's is playing with salt. They're playing with sugar. They're gonna they're gonna do well because when you add breakfast to you know your restaurant in an efficient way, then you're you're just adding sales. So, you're not really taking away from anything. So Cordell's email had me um, spend a couple of minutes on Wendy's site to look at well what are the things that they're offering and the the breakfast baconator baconator that's a burger which is an interesting choice to me that Wendy's is saying um, yeah we're going to do breakfast we're going to we're going to we're, we're going to have potatoes we're going to have but we're we're also offering up burgers that's like okay i I don't know that I necessarily want that. I'm I'm looking more for eggs and bacon in my breakfast sandwich. I'm not looking for ground beef, but okay, it's nice that you're offering it. And who knows? Maybe that's going to be the big driver. Some people are just looking for permission to eat a burger for for breakfast, and Wendy's has now given it to them. Think of all the people like oh, I just wish I could start with a burger, you know. That's got to that's got to cover a couple million people out there. It's there on the menu. Exactly. And now Wendy's they're not like McDonald's. No. No, can't give you a burger until 10:30. <laughs> Wendy's like what are you doing? That Order should, that burger. <laughs> that should be their whole ad campaign. It's just like unlike McDonald's and Burger King, we believe in you. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to We believe you should have whatever you want. It's it's not just all day breakfast, all day burgers. And uh, well, Wendy's runs a pretty pretty sharp uh, Twitter. You follow them on Twitter? I don't follow them. I've, I've every once in a while it pops up. So uh, whoever's doing their social media is doing a good job. Yeah, they're doing a lot of attack. Uh, they're they're on they're playing offense all the time. I think if you're Wendy's, I think if you're anyone but McDonald's, you have to play offense all the time because you're just trying to catch up to McDonald's, aren't you? I mean, in store count, in 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 size, in execution. Uh, Unless we're talking about chicken sandwiches, everyone's playing catch up to McDonald's. Yeah, in terms of the bottom line, certainly. Bill Barker, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.